onwards to H, and that's H, and not H, to be clear, okay? Hotel mind games. Now, COVID hasn't changed much about how the pro peloton lives around race venues, save for the newfound pleasure of having a room to yourself rather than having to share. Another thing that won't have changed is the pre-race hotel mind games that go on. I want to take you to an absolutely smoking hot cauldron of mind games that was the official race hotel in Harrogate, Yorkshire, for the 2019 UCI Road World Championships. I was there working all week as the finish line commentator, and this meant that in the evenings, whilst toiling over reams of start lists and cold Morettis in the main lobby, I had the pleasure of anonymously watching the uncleated comings and goings of the world's finest peloton. Now, as a study of body language and subconscious whisperings, it was absolutely priceless. I only wish I could have covertly filmed some of that, but you get arrested for that kind of thing. And I had meaningless and yet fascinating facts to research about juniors from Uzbekistan who I pray did not get involved in the race the next day for fear I would re-syllabize them, syllabalize them, <laughs> re-syllabalize them right in the middle of the race. Now, to my observations which I have to admit did become more fascinating and insightful on a kind of linear increment, directly correlating with the Morettiization of my evening's work, but nevertheless, it was fascinating. Now, post-race, riders just drift around the lobby, some hollow and vacant from the lovely Yorkshire weather, others just loose and relaxed at a season's end. But pre-race, in the days leading up to it, their behaviour is far more considered and insightful. Ireland's Connor Dunn, for instance, I watched two evenings in a row enter the luxurious lounge area, shuffling slightly in his Irish team tracksuit, looking down, trying mostly not to make eye contact. Of course, he drew his own attention by then performing quite the most incredible folding of his neck and spine in order to get into the lift. The point is, being the tallest man in the pro peloton aside, he didn't really want to be seen or stopped. He presumably would gladly have just screened himself up to his room and bypassed all of that. Yeah, that's one for the 80s kids, which is just me. I know. For others, of course, this is where the tactical nugget starts, by the way, after all my preceding waffle. For others... It's an absolutely golden opportunity to project exactly the message that they want to send to the other riders and their nation's support crew. The Danes, who went on to win the men's elite race with Mads Pedersen right at the end of the week, did the same thing most nights, placing their entire team, women, men, juniors, under 23s, all around the main lift area and dominating it so they couldn't be missed and pretty much couldn't be passed. Now, I witnessed a number of other nations' riders actually having to avoid them and wa avoid walking through the Danish throng in order to take the lift and take the stairs, sorry, instead of taking the lift. Now, the night before, those three flights of stairs, sometimes four, that's got to be about five or so watts after 300k the following day. Actually, was Trent in one of them? Hmm. I can't remember. I told you I should have been filming. Some tactics, of course, are less subtle and, in fact, much more deliberate and gloriously nonchalant in their application. Just a matter of weeks before that, I'd been sat in the hotel where I should have been working only... This was at the Tour of Britain. 
sat in front of me was a young male British rider who will remain nameless in this instance, but who, safe to say, will be already a very present force in this, his first elite classics campaign. He was sat draped across a large wing-back chair right in front of the main entrance to the hotel, through which every rider and team manager would come. I stopped pretty much in my tracks because this rider, oozing in confidence and rightly so given his elephantine talents, was actually sat in almost exactly the same pose as Bradley Wiggins had struck in his own wing-back chair moment in the hot seat of the Olympic TT at London 2012. Okay, no victory salute, that would have been ridiculous, but still, at first I was caught off guard as it looked so deliberate, and yet I actually don't think it was premeditated at all. It could even be that the Olympic reference from a year when the rider in question would have only been about 13 years of age may have been lost on him entirely. But as opposed to strike, right there at the hotel entrance, it was both powerful and cool as well as being crushingly ominous for those British riders with aspirations of being the next Bradley Wiggins. Look, most of us will never get the chance to play this little entree game of strutting and shuffling, but trust me, it definitely goes on. <laughs>